0: I'm your dad, Belle. (laughs) I'm your dad. I'm
1: your dad. I'm your daddy. Hey, so we're going to get into this week's episode in a quick second, but first I wanted to talk to you person to person, okay? Do not do what I do, and that is solicit advice and then don't follow it. That's what happened. See, I got myself a brand new fancy external hard drive, feeling very posh about it, okay? And uh a friend of mine said, "Don't do a data dump. Don't take a whole bunch of files and move them all at once because it will corrupt your files." I didn't listen. I didn't heed that advice. And it happened. <sighs> We lost an entire session. Uh, it, the good thing about that, though, is that the session was a really long one, so we are only missing a segment of the audio, which should have been this week's episode. Um, but what happened was the girls left the Temple of Dumatoan with Hoggins' body. They get to Diffidentia. Quintilian Twilight Pike uh, took them to a life domain cleric called Flynn Zoo, who uh, did a speak with dead kind of thing, and... They were able to have a conversation with Hagen. Hagen warned them. um, He just kept saying things about uh, one red, one purple. And uh, the girls kind of put that together a little bit, which you do hear them kind of pick up in this week's episode. So I don't want to give away too much. I just wanted to let you know that, no, you didn't miss an episode. I messed up and lost audio. Are we ready to begin, finally? For yes. rhetoric, please <laughs> <Jeez. Whoa>. Okay, <laughs> welcome to today's episode, Wizards and Wine, hooray! Last episode, uh, a lot happened for Meg Yeah Yeah, how's Meg feeling? Oh, not great Yeah
0: Like a pony running through a field
1: <laughs> With no particular place to go uh, So you yeah. faced your tormentor, Mister Cabbage Yeah. It wasn't
0: as terrifying as I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, defeated him soundly, actually, and probably helped his spirit find rest at this point. You also found out what happened to Hagen. got a little bit of a clue about uh, his journey back to how he ended up in the Temple of Dumatoen.
2: Frickin' rolls.
1: You were taken to a life domain cleric in Diffidentia, and she was able to help you speak with the dead. Hagen had a couple of things to pass along to you, and you had your great Walt Disney moment, where you both experienced, you know, a shared emotion between Meg and Hagen. The tear. Yeah, the tear. Whoa. Yeah, it was. A, it's sad for him to leave Meg, as it was for Meg to have Hagen leave her. Um, even mm-hmm. though you know it wasn't like an involved love affair, but there was very clearly a very strong and shared affection between the two of you. Um, so what's happening today as we jump into today's game is, uh, you have decided that it's time to, uh, take Hagen's body back to the headquarters. Yeah. Um, yep. so what's really great is that Flinzu, who was the cleric, she's a, a Goliath. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. So she's really big, very powerful. Okay. And she has offered her services to help you get the body back home instead of you guys trying to carry it all the way back to. Oh, her, that's uh, nice there. Yeah. Yeah. So she has, a, like, a, a wagon or a cart or whatever that she's pulling. She's kind of got it. Just a, for bodies? Yep. Yeah. She's Well, no, it's not just for bodies, but it's what they're <laughs> using it for today. Uh, it's kind of, like, strapped around her shoulders, and she is, like, carrying it a little bit in her hands as well. So he's kind of, and they are, like, in the middle of all of you guys. So, you know, there's a couple ahead of you and a few behind you. Um, okay. Okay. Can everybody give me a perception check, please?
3: Can I use my passive perception? Sure. Which is... It's 20.
1: Like 700, right?
3: Yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah,
4: okay. <laughs> Nine for care. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, hang on. Where's my perception? I'm just
3: 18. trying to roll it on the...
0: Oh, why would I... I'm trying to do the digital dice, but it goes slow.
1: Yeah, and the, old, the downside of that is that they don't have a way to turn off the 3D dice so you can just get the numbers... Um, yeah. so yeah, that's something I think I'm going to log into their forum and suggest.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. So yeah. I rolled a 19, my perception's three, so 22.
1: Okay. You beep Feels bad. Okay. So what you guys notice as you're walking through the woods and across this uh, meadow or field or giant open space, however you want, whatever you want to call it, um, you're noticing that as Hagen's body is moving through, there seem to be a lot of animals that are kind of lining up and taking notice of the sadness and the gravitas of the moment there. It's almost like the animals are coming to pay respects a little bit. You arrive at the large double doors of the headquarters entrance. You, as you're coming towards the entrance, the doors open, and as you guys cross through that first threshold, go heading into the headquarters, that's when you start to hear uh, the toll bells, the church bells, uh, if you will, um, ringing and just kind of announcing the arrival of Hoggins body home. The question is, how did headquarters know about that? That's kind of something that is playing in the back of your mind a little bit as you bring the body inside. Huh. And we travel fast. They're in on our
2: tattoos.
1: Maybe, maybe they were. You guys haven't noticed any itching or tingling or anything like that of your tattoos um, in recent days. So it would be interesting if they had been able to listen in somehow. But
2: did they, did, did Hagen have a tattoo? Yes, he did. Well, maybe his, because he died, the, the disconnect, they maybe. noticed it. Could be. Probably, yeah.
1: Yeah, could be. The first face that you see as you come through the second set of doors, so you're kind of stepping into the real inside of um, the headquarters, is Smegbrum. And Smegbrum greets greets you with, My my funny little creature. That's why I want to welcome you back. I just wish that it was on much better terms. I'm
3: like, "Uh, how do you know." know? Yeah, because you haven't met him yet, have you? I don't know who this is.
1: Yeah, you don't know Smegbrum. Smegbrum will get to this Sme- in a moment. Smegbrum. Smegbrum? Yep. S M E G B R U M. He is a Svant. Yeah, he's a swant. Nice he's to meet you. Very large. Um, he says, Oh, a new funny little creature. What is your name? I am the Smegbrum. It's <laughs> a nice thing to say.
3: The Smegbrum. <laughs> Smegbrum. To nice to meet you my name is GR. i really i like the cut of your this guy's jib
1: Well, thank you Amazing. i do not uh, he's <laughs> quite large he's a big man. he's not like okay. uh, he's not like he oversized. yeah well yeah mm, huh.
3: big old, human, I, f- big old I, f- dude. I
1: believe that we had named him half orc
3: okay cool i believe
1: Um, But uh, yeah, so he gets you caught up to what's been going on inside of the headquarters in the last uh, few days since you guys left to head to Diffidentia and were sent on your mission for Fizzy. So uh, he tells you that uh, there have been a number of memorials that have happened over the last couple of days. Um, And L, for your uh, getting caught up here in what's been happening... Um, The headquarters used to exist solely in a pocket dimension. Okay. And it existed in a pocket dimension thanks to Criella and three acolytes who kind of kept the uh, pocket dimension going. So what would happen is when... you guys were sent out, or when these guys were sent out on different uh, missions, they would simply open a portal, and they would send you to the area where you had to go and and complete this mission, and then when it was done, the portal would open, and you guys would come, they would come back to the headquarters. Cool. Uh, The headquarters was attacked. Uh, This group defeated three hags, Um, but the headquarters um, was very badly damaged, and they lost a number of people who were part of Knight's Defiance. Um, so, uh, Criella was one of them and one of her acolytes, uh, were killed during the invasion and the pocket dimension burst for lack of a better word and dropped down just outside of the castle walls of Paxodium, which is how they've kind of arrived here. And it's okay. comically close to the outside walls like you could reach out one of the windows and and touch the stone like both castles probably took a little bit of damage just in the impact of the headquarters landing right beside Paxodium that's pretty funny um so uh that's kind of the the short version of what has recently happened so um usually headquarters is bustling with people and it's all very busy um there's always food readily available but as these guys have learned since uh things kind of dropped and they've been dealing with paxodium a little bit and diffidentia at this point is that things aren't quite running as smoothly as they once were it's like they're still in the process of finding people to replace the ones who were lost in the invasion. So Smegbram, uh, you know, talks about some of the uh, services and the memorials that have been held. And he says that uh, they were hoping uh, that they would find Hagen, obviously, alive and well, and that they would be able to heal him. Um But since this isn't the case today, we're going to take you guys through to where the healers are, and they're going to prepare his body for a ceremony that will happen later in the day, just so you guys can get him, um, get his spirit to rest.
4: Sweet. All right.
1: So he takes you through the hallways. Uh, You pass a lot of people that you have seen, and as you pass and word starts to spread more about another member of Knight's Defiance who's come home, um, you see them line the hallway, everybody has their heads bowed, hand over heart kind of thing, paying their respects to Hagen.
3: Damn, this guy's important.
1: Well, Hagen was kind of the beastmaster, I suppose. He was the guy who worked in the stables and took care of all of the different animals. And Mm -hmm. as the battle was happening, he released all of the animals, and some of them actually helped um, with the uh, invasion yeah oh. they helped with that um, and as a matter of fact these guys uh, their battle kind of happened just outside of the front doors with the three hags and they were there when all of the animals were set free and hagen ran out onto uh, this portion of the the bridge as well and uh, that's when a big portal opened and some tentacles came up and grabbed him and pulled him down into the circle and he vanished thanks
3: Right.
1: yeah so that's what happened to hagen you guys uh, get to the door of the healers and uh, you bring the body through and uh Flynn zoo asks if she can stay to help um and offers you know the services of diffidentia to anything that you guys may need in paxodium which is interesting because as much as you guys have landed actually right beside paxodium um any paxian's who have arrived at headquarters haven't really offered um even you know their sympathies for what has happened and and the amount of of dead any goodwill that you guys have received have come from the people of diffidentia the diffians i suppose we could call them is that a good word diffians the diffians and the paxodians yeah i think that i think that works
3: the Diffians.
1: The Diffians, yeah. So they uh, have been Diffians. the ones... He <laughs> sounds like to... a
3: disease. <laughs> I got the Diffians. Yeah, it does.
1: It does, right? I got the Diffians. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so... Um, Uh, there are a few people here who you don't notice, but who Flimzu does recognize. So you guys know that uh, or have deduced, I suppose, that they are other Diffians who have come to help out at the headquarters. And they're helping out in a lot of different ways. Uh, The headquarters was very badly damaged during that uh, invasion, so there are stoneworkers who are helping to rebuild castle walls and and things like that. Uh, There are people inside who are helping to, you know, kind of patch up any holes and, you know, magically speak that have happened in the headquarters, things along those lines. You know, you're just seeing a lot of strange faces. Some of them you are recognizing, like Meg, the uh, Elf Ranger, who you sat down and played Dragon Chess with so many yep. nights ago. Uh, she's there, kind of helping to uh, clean uh, bodies and and things like that to get them ready for the burial and and stuff along those lines. So she's uh, she's quite involved in this room. And okay. Uh, So you can leave the body, and they will take care of it, and the ceremony will happen probably in a couple of hours to get things ready. Okay. So as you guys are leaving the healer's room, as you open the door, there stands (laughs) Darjan. I know, Uh right? Yeah. Uh, So Darjan actually looks quite disheveled, not as you're used to seeing her. Um, It looks like she has not had a lot of sleep, probably not a lot of rest in the uh, days following the drop of the headquarters next to Paxodium. And she silently walks to Meg and I mean, Darjan is quite short, so she kind of gives you a hug, but it kind of wraps around your legs, not so much your (laughs) your upper body. Oh, I love it. Like a toddler? Like like a toddler, exactly, yeah. And um, you bend over to thank her, I assume, or kneel to thank her, get down at her level or whatever. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Of course. I pat (laughs) her on the head.
1: Yeah. She looks a little funny at that, but, you know, she accepts it because she knows that you're probably grieving a little bit people seem to recognize that you and Hagen were close and perhaps are assuming that you were a lot closer even than you thought you were. Yeah. She offers her sympathies to everyone, talks about how excited that she is that you guys are back and that she's very glad to see you. She does say that she does want to speak with you guys later, perhaps after the ceremony, because she is interested in where you guys have been and what you've been doing. And she also is very curious about how you found hog in, in the first place. Uh, you guys have some free time between now and where when this ceremony is set to take place.
0: Hmm. Um, I want that bakery. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm, ta- I'm taking Meg by the arm and it's like, okay. Thanks. Let's, wh- where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Go,
0: let's go to that little bakery place. What's the name of it? Okay, Cookies and Cream Cafe Bakery?
1: Yeah, Cookies and Cream Cafe <laughs> yeah. slash bakery. And then remember the... Uh,
0: The clam chowder place.
1: That was somewhere else, wasn't it? That was
0: Canticle Bay. Bay. (laughs) But what was the name of it? No, I know, but I'm just trying to remember that name was really funny. this set of notes don't go that far back. (laughs) Shriveled (laughs) Barnacle.
1: That's right. The Shriveled Barnacle. Ew.
4: Okay. Ew. Why'd you bring that back up? I'm so sorry.
0: I'm so sorry.
4: Uh, Care's not going to go to the bakery. He's going to go carve some wood in his room. He's trying to remember Aww. the thing that's important. And to do crafts. It's nice to do crafts.
1: Remind me, Care. Oh.
4: The red eye, blue eye.
1: Ah, right. Okay. Yes. All right. So you're going to go. It's important. You're going to go think about that for a minute.
4: Yeah. Well, however long it takes, what the, how bad I rolled last time, it might take a while.
1: Sure. Yeah. I assume you'll be feeding your frog and toad, toad and Armit toad. Arm yeah, I am yep. a toad. Can the backstory. toad and the dragon
3: and the weasel be friends
1: <laughs> together? And
3: they'll be All friends.
1: Together?
4: That sounds like a bad episode of something.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? That's the fan fiction, actually, that Meg has been writing.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <it's laughs> about ponies and...
1: Yeah. yeah. Ponies,
3: dragons, <laughs> little dragons. Little tiny ones. Yeah.
1: So, Lily Bell, as you walk through the door of the Cookies and Cream Cafe slash bakery, for you, Elle, she is a very adorable gnome woman. And she has this mass of curly hair. It's like in tight ringlets all over her head. And her cafe looks like it has been decorated with frosting. Um, The filigree and things like that, that are on the front of the storefront, carry on into the inside of the bakery. And it actually decorates the fronts of the stoves and things that you can see as you walk in. Um, It also is the main design on all of the uh, metal and wooden chairs that sit in the front. Her cafe is kind of offset from the front of the rest of the buildings. Like it's set backwards a little bit. So it gives her some area to have like a little patio space out front. So you get inside of the cafe and you see, you know, all the the wonderful spread of foods. It smells like even more is currently being baked in the oven. It just smells like home. It smells, you know, absolutely delicious. You see her head kind of peek up from behind the counter. And she has a big grin on her face and she's very excited to see everyone and would like to know the name of your new friend.
3: Oh, hello.
1: Hello. Sorry.
3: Yes, uh, my name, I'm, I'm Ella junior I don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm, Miss, I'm Miss Lily Bell. Welcome to the Cookies and Cream Cafe slash bakery. What can I get for you? Oh, I'm with
3: them at the cafe. Sorry, I was yeah. like, what? I didn't know I went with them to the
1: cafe. Oh, I just assumed. I'm sorry. I thought you did. Uh,
3: no, I was... I got something else to do.
1: Oh, okay. I, I got stuff to do. Okay, well, uh, let's let's pretend... But if I'm here, if I'm here, yeah,
3: I'll eat sweets. Okay. If there's sweets here. There's so many sweets. They're delicious. Okay.
1: What would you... What yeah, can I get for you? good. Yeah, what can I get for you?
3: I want... Are Mont Blanc's hazelnut? Mont Blanc... Ch- ch- sweet... It's chestnut. I want one of those.
1: Okay, would you like a coffee?
3: Yes, please.
1: She brings you one of those on a plate and she turns around to start making her coffee. Now, here's the thing about the coffee that you get at the cafe. It comes with a bit of a show. Um, You see, because because Miss Lily is a gnome and everybody who comes into her shop is basically like human-sized or bigger, or the majority of people, I should say, Her managing to pour a cup from a large pot is uh, very difficult for her. So there is this contraption that she has, and she takes one of the coffee cups and she puts it underneath the spout and she presses a button. And you hear like this whirring noise and you start to see a coffee pot off off to the side and this uh, copper line goes down into the coffee and you see the level in the coffee pot go down and you hear lots of gurgling and hissing and, and things like this. And eventually the coffee comes out the other end into the coffee cup. So it's like a really fancy spout, I suppose. Uh, Or like, it's almost like a keg of coffee. and Yeah, and she, you know, puts it on a saucer and she turns around and it's like quite large in her little gnome hands. And she steps up on this three-step stool that she has and she places it on the counter beside your treat that you're getting.
3: That's adorable. I want to um, tip this adorable little creature.
1: Okay. Uh, The food here is incredibly reasonably priced. It's only going to cost you, like, three copper for the sweet and the coffee.
3: Okay. I'm just going to give her a gold for everything because that's easier.
1: And she kind of looks at you strangely, and she looks down at the gold piece, and she kind of slowly reaches across the counter and grabs it and pulls it slowly towards her. Like, thank you.
3: Now I will enjoy these treats.
1: Okay. Meg, you have been kind of perusing the, the cases and looking for something that's uh, well, a little bit happier than you're feeling inside. And what you find is this wonderful, probably cupcake, but it is designed with fondant over the top of it. And it makes almost like a little bunny.
3: Um, oh. did you see my picture yeah that's what I'm working <laughs>
1: off of
0: <laughs> I was like that would be really weird if you didn't
1: yeah. <laughs> right. or I'm really good um, yeah yeah so you uh, point to the one that you want and she very happily brings it out for you and she adds like some extra whipped cream to the top of it so it has like a little swirl of hair
0: <gasps> no nom uh, nom I don't want to eat it it's so pretty
1: uh, did you want a coffee or a tea to go with it <laughs>
0: Yes, coffee a, co- a coffee A coffee, coffee? to your me. Uh, yes, a coffee, please.
1: Okay, uh, so the same thing. She turns around and puts the big cup underneath the spout and presses the button, and the gurgling and the hissing and the steam comes shooting out of different pipes and things like that. And finally, the coffee uh, arrives and lands in the coffee pot, and she puts it on top of a saucer and, again, in her little normal
0: hands. I can smell it. Right? like and yeah.
1: In her little gnome hands, she brings it over to you and steps the three steps up to the counter and and sets it down beside your cupcake. I assume dressed up as a bunny slides both plates over to you and tells you it's on the house.
0: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. You're
1: very welcome.
0: So, can I give her a tip anyway?
1: Sure. I'm going to give her a uh, a silver. Okay. Zandra, are you yes. getting anything at the Cookies and Cream Cafe slash Bakery?
2: Um, I asked uh, Lily if she bar? has anything new. she has a <laughs> yeah, Nymo it. bar, I'll take a Nymo bar. Sure. I her if she has any, anything new that she's come up with lately.
1: Mm-hmm. She gives you this square, and it has like a uh, chocolate kind of cookie crumble mixed with coconut on the bottom, and then like a, a really thick custard cream, and it's topped mm-hmm. with a layer of chocolate.
2: Okay, and I'll have coffee with that, please
1: fantastic so So yummy Mm -hmm. so she turns around and the same kind of show happens with all of the the pipes and things after she presses her button and she comes around again with her tiny gnome hands and steps up on her three-step stool and places the coffee down on the counter her
0: tiny gnome hands
1: (laughs) and uh, she tells you that that will be three copper please i
3: give her a silver
1: i'm silver okay
3: yeah. Mom, does this coffee give us an inspiration? <laughs> Mom. <laughs> How tasty is this coffee? Does it's, it inspire me?
1: It's, it's pretty tasty. Not quite inspiration level, but it is Damn pretty it. tasty. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, no inspiration. I was like, I should just do it. Just ask. All ask right. for inspiration. All right. Maybe Mom. it'll happen. Worst thing that can happen is she says no. <laughs> right.
1: Mom. Okay. I would like um, hmm, um Zandra. I would like a perception check from you, please. Thirteen. So you're sitting at your table and everybody is uh, very quietly, for some reason, not a lot of chatter between the three of you. And uh, you're just very quietly eating your delicious baked goods, kind of maybe just kind of processing what the last couple of days and what has happened. And you're drinking coffee. And Zandra, your attention begins to kind of, get a little spread out. It's not just focused on the table. And you start to hear bits of conversation from the other patrons who are at the cookies and cream cafe slash bakery. And what you hear is people talking about how the big finale of the tournament during the Holy Week is coming up uh, tomorrow, which reminds you about your tattoo appointment. Yes. Yeah. It seems you've missed it. Okay. Dun, dun,
0: dun. <laughs> Yeah, right. All so, oh, right.
1: I'm like,
2: guys, I forgot about my tattoo.
3: <laughs> this is funny.
2: Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. This is funny. <laughs> I missed an appointment in D&D. I <laughs> <laughs>
0: I should have put in my Google calendar, my goblin calendar.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> my goblin calendar. <laughs> I look at I look at my dragon I'm like, "Why didn't you remind me, dude?" And he just sends you like a the shrugging shoulder emoji. <laughs> <sighs> and then he sets his status to busy busy. <laughs> <laughs> I feed him some of the little meat rolls in my pouch. Yeah, he's very happy with those. He sends meat you rolls. Yeah, mm. he sends you the happy face emoji.
2: <laughs> Give him a scratch on his head.
1: Mhm. And he coos a little bit, and then he, you know, kind of wanders down your arm across the table, and he curls up um, in, like, Meg's elbow with his little chin kind of sitting right in her elbow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, Care, let's come back to you. You're in your room
4: at the headquarters. Carving things after I I've let Toad out and he's jumping around the room or whatever he wants to do.
1: Mm-hmm. You're feeding him some of the spiders that you got from the temple?
4: All right, The spider legs or spider bits. Yep. Yeah. I left them in a pile just so they're accessible. Some in his uh, terrarium and some on the floor in the room. It's mm-hmm. letting him do whatever. I just go to my bench and I start just carving stuff.
1: Okay. Are you working more... Are you working more on your diorama? I suppose of Canticle Bay, or
4: not? This time I'm working on like Hoggin uh, figures. Sure. Just mulling over what he said about the description.
1: Okay. Uh, give me a to see how well uh, you're them...
4: carving. Oh, a carving? Uh, I know it's a DC like... 10, and it's yeah. usually just a straight roll, and I can add my proficiency. Because I'm permissioned in it. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just a straight D twenty plus that sounds right to me.
1: Yeah. Sounds I rolled that. Perfect. Yeah, roll that, please.
4: Uh ten total.
1: Okay. Uh well you're you're doing a, a great job. And anybody who knew Hagen would immediately recognize uh the visage <laughs> that you are currently carving. And I would like you to hmm, Give me
4: a... Uh, I think in game you said uh, when, when he said it, it was red and blue eye, but it should have been red and purple. It
1: should have been red I and purple. I can't remember the original. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. it should have been red and purple. Good catch.
4: Well, just because it, it struck me the first time I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember hearing a description of them, but...
1: <laughs> yes, there definitely was a description of this particular thing um, before. And it was Haida who had seen it in a vision.
4: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I know insight is supposed to be for, like, detecting lies and, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's applicable in this instance as well. Wisdom Input. Insight Check decides whether you can determine the true intentions of a creature, such as when searching out a lie, predicting someone's move. It also involves gleaning clues from body language, speech habits, and changes in mannerisms. Maybe not. The 13. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you decide on. Um, yeah, you know what? I think history is probably the applicable thing. So do you have anything that in history that you can add to that role?
4: 14 plus one.
1: 14? Okay. Yeah. What you remember of your time, because really the first time that you had heard about One Red Eye, One Purple Eye was when you guys first ran across the hags that you eventually had to face off with um, during the attack on the headquarters. So as, uh, you're, as you're thinking about that, you seem to recall Haida and her description of the being and saying that the, the main thing that she recognized in that vision that she had um, was one red eye and one purple eye. You seem to be leaning towards the idea that Hagen was taken away by the lich.
4: It's the lich that we were Mm
1: -hmm.
4: trying to make a deal with, right? Then we we did meet him, I believe.
1: Yeah. You did briefly, yes. Yeah.
4: Well, Kerr's slowly processing this, like he he finishes the carving first. Mm -hmm. And then he swears out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes he grabs his stuff and he goes charging, I guess. Yeah, I'll say he rages (laughs) and tears (laughs) out of the room.
1: Okay, all right. Uh, so as you, gonna go the others. Yeah, as you come barreling out of your room and you walk past that common area, you do notice that the, even walk, just run. Yeah, like the, the full <laughs> food spread is out the way that it always um, has been anytime that you guys have really come through. Well, most of the time when you guys have come through at the headquarters and uh, you're just kind of seeing like a blur of faces as you race through the hallways. And one thing that kind of catches the corner of your eye that uh, you definitely take note of is you're pretty sure that you just saw Socrates and Bob. What? Yeah.
4: Hang on. Well, he's raging right, right now. Around. He wants to tell the others about this.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And I think, I think he's focused on telling Xandra and uh, Meg
0: and...
1: Yes, for sure. Um, that's, just a, there. that's just a little flavor, <laughs> so you can decide to add <laughs> that into what you tell uh, everyone else or not. That's entirely yeah. up to you.
4: Yeah, that that's just... re- hasn't registered yet. Yep. He's sneaking out his is a team
1: for sure okay so you guys are sitting down quietly um (laughs) eating your stacks and drinking your coffee and having a bit of a lovely afternoon and uh you know xandra you're kind of trying to figure out you know if you should go back to the tattoo shop now or if you should wait until like the next couple of days to go back and try to reset your appointment or whatever when all of a sudden care very purposefully comes walking up to your table
4: no, no, he's like tearing through the place,
1: mm-hmm. and like
4: you, Care if you have window seat, he, like he start, runs and like he's about to touch the door, and he stops, and like he's huffing and puffing and trying to calm himself down <laughs> before Care, he buddy, enters the on? very fancy coffee place. Jesus, what is going on, <laughs> dude? You okay? And he's like, yeah, he's got yeah. full-on scowl on his face, like more so than normal, <laughs> and then he starts talking heavily in Dwarvish. Does anyone speak it? Um, no.
3: I might. Let me look. No, I don't. Oh hell no, I speak the
4: opposite. (laughs) (laughs) And then it takes him a few minutes to process this and then he stops and he is Lich! The Lich! And then more Dwarvish and it's the Lich that took Hagen. What? The Lich! The Lich? The Lich with the, the the eyes, the eyes, the red and purple eye. The one we met at the the cave that was looking for the book and asking for us to arrange a meeting.
0: Oh, wow. That That lich. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) So, let's go get him. Come on, guys, let's go get him. No. (sighs) I want that cheesy you've got, Aaron. I want
2: that cheesy. Um... (laughs) All
0: I see is like singular focus. Right. Mm.
3: I got a whole bag of cheesies over here. Screw you.
0: (laughs) The lich. How do you know this? Care. Tell us more. Sit down. Have some Nanaimo bar.
3: Wait. (laughs) Who's Nanaimo bar? Sandra? Sandra's Nanaimo bar. I,
2: I I give a wave for Lilybell.
1: And you know what? She knows exactly what to do. She plates another. Ni- what is it? Ninomi? Ninomi. Ninomi? Ninopi? Another I one of those. Ninomi? I love it so much.
0: Ninomi.
1: She, she plates another one of those and uh, brings a cup of coffee as well and sets it down. Oh, I love her. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's good. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He nods and thanks and hands a silver and just like goes the coffee. Mm.
0: <laughs> so, Karen, yes, take a deep, deep breath and tell us <laughs> what you know. What you know. Hoggins said the
4: thing that took him, right? Yeah. Red, purple mm-hmm. eye. Yeah. The lich we met way back, I don't, know, I don't remember how long it was, before the attack that yep. wanted to, the book. And we were going to set up a meeting or something. With the, we let the we pass it on to the head stuff. Yeah, so I know yeah, the, I the, know the book.
2: That, that, the young girl that tried to steal the well, that tried to steal the book.
4: Yeah, yep. she was yep. working for him. We ended up meeting him at the the temple place that uh, Haina had dreamt of. Right, and yep. he's the one who I believe now took Hagen. So the attack might not have been. The other lich that did affected Canticle Bay. <laughs> Lots of thinking. To go back, it might not be the lich from Canticle. Oh, there, there's two liches, right? <laughs> God no, damn the it! One yeah. was
2: the, the sirens. Yeah.
4: yeah. So there's Wasn't the red, purple-eyed one, <laughs> okay. and then there's another one that's against him.
2: Wasn't Canticle Bay the sirens? No. I'm so mixed up. Have you forgotten already? The the lich is the one who told us
4: that this other guy, lich, was the one behind the (laughs) Canticle Bay.
2: (laughs) I'm lost. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) I was sitting here listening to it, and you just captured how I felt very well. (laughs)
0: That's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> we need the strings. We need the
3: red strings. <laughs> yeah.
2: The board and the strings. Yeah. We got a lich.
3: Yeah. We're another lich.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, a I came up for, I'm pretty boy. sure it was a lich.
2: We need to tell Darjan about this.
0: Yeah. Oh God.
4: <laughs> and then, like, and as you guys, we're leaving to go tell he please. Oh yeah. Um. Bob and Socrates was at the.
0: The the. the community room. So hang on. Okay, you saw them. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. They're back? Really? No. What are they doing back?
4: Uh, I don't know. I was Let's running down here. <laughs> Super focused.
2: You gotta think, man. What are they doing back? Let's find out what they're doing back.
0: Yeah, come on. And I'll take another bite of my... I like, Wait. Can I get a little box for for the rest of my um bunny cake? Bunny cake. One, my bunny cake, Pete. Get had a, a
4: cupcake thing in the shape of a bunny.
0: You know what? I'm just gonna eat the rest. I just like stuff it in my face.
4: I'm good to go.
2: Yep.
4: Care just yeah shoves in a Nymo bar. He had.
2: Okay, um, so how, no far, we, how <laughs> far away? How far away we are we from the tattoo place? You still gonna do that?
4: You gotta re- reset the appointment.
2: Did we lose Melinda? No, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how far away are we from the tattoo place? Not very far. I will
3: go in there on the way back. Sure. Okay.
2: Um, sorry, I forgot. I missed my appointment.
3: Okay. Do re- you guys know if there's, like um, like, an enchanter around here?
1: Probably.
3: An item enchanter.
1: Okay. Do you want to do that today?
3: I guess it can wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, we
0: gotta we gotta go talk to 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 Bob and
1: I don't know who any of these
3: people are. Are they important?
0: Barry. <laughs> Barry. Yeah. yeah. So immediately okay. important.
1: Okay. So you guys, emo
0: unicorn? Is that what he was? Yep.
1: Yeah, Bob was the emo unicorn. <laughs> oh yeah. Instead of very vibrant colors, he was varying shades of grays and blacks. <laughs> with piercings all the way up his unicorn horn.
2: I look oh. at, um, what's your character's name? Aaron? Eladere. You can call her El. I'm just gonna call I'll her El, yeah,
0: I won't remember.
2: I look at El. Have you ever heard of the Bros of Destiny? No. Oh my god, what? No.
3: <laughs> I've never. you love them do a history check are they like actually known do I even need to do a history check
1: uh, is that a thing yeah give me a history check or like a pop culture check <laughs> that's what we need here
3: pop culture 18
1: 18 um you you know you've in passing kind of heard a little bit about them but where you're not really kind of dialed into that stuff you would rather be playing with brushes and shovels in the dirt um, mm. you haven't You kind of, it kind of tickles something in the back of your mind, but it's not something that you immediately recognize.
3: Damn. So that's like, okay. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Mm. If you've ever
2: heard them, you'd know them as soon as you did. They're a band. They're good. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. I see. Okay.
1: So So I go
2: to the tattoo place. Mm
1: -hmm. They rebook you (laughs) for a couple of days from today. Yeah. Okay, and just to give you guys a timeline, um, we're gonna pretend that everything works on a Monday to uh, sorry Sunday to Saturday kind of calendar, and um, you've arrived back home on Saturday, so that coincides with uh, tomorrow being the last day of the Holy Week in Paxodium, so that uh, tells you that uh, you're back like in time for the last um, part of the tournament. Okay, so you book your appointment for like two days from today, Cynthia.
2: For Monday. Okay, good enough.
1: Yeah. So you guys head back to the headquarters and you uh, go running through the door. And sure enough, there is Socrates and Bob, and they're both in a conversation with Darjan. Um, no sign of Pete, however. It just seems He's to be, still on
4: vacation. Yeah,
1: it just seems to be the two of them. Um, who have come back and both of them kind of have a a very sad demeanor. Um, and what would you like to do? I
2: go up to them. Okay. Xander goes up to them.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I apologize for interrupting. Sorry for interrupting. Um, but care has figured out some stuff. Okay. about, about. Hagen, Hagen does, or Hagen.
1: Well, that's where Yum, his name came I from. Wish. So. Yeah,
3: <laughs> ice cream boy. He's an ice cream boy. He's a thick yeah. boy. Boy. No. Yeah. Milk-fed white boy. Yeah. Um, that was from Lex. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so um, Darjen is very interested in what you guys have had to say. Uh, Socrates and Bob just kind of look at each other and um, look back to you guys and then look over to Darjen as well. And they kind of share like a, I don't want to say a knowing glance between each other because that sounds really weird, but um, they definitely kind of give you the impression that they knew to kind of expect it a little bit. They give each other a knowing glance. Yeah. I didn't want to be that kind of on the nose with it, but yes, that's what happens. All right. So what do you guys know about this? Uh, they said that they, they, oh, they said that I should really just learn how to do this in first person properly, but I've all of my voices in my head are gone and they all come up and it's always really bad.
4: <laughs> it's always awesome. <laughs> oh my
1: God. So crates speaks up. And he says, Yes, uh, we, we do know that there um, has been a lich kind of around. And the second one that you're talking about is actually a demi lich. Uh, he's not full lich yet. And he was working.
3: What a loser.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> like was a demi lich? He was working for um, the, <laughs> like, the, him and the, the lich were actually working together. Uh, Once upon a time, however, we through our um, intelligence networks that we have, we've learned that uh, the Demi Lich, red eye, purple eye, that guy, he's Mm -hmm. he's actually broken off his relationship with uh, the Lich who has been causing so much trouble. Yeah,
4: he he claimed he was not being good, but he wanted to be better. Mm -hmm. But he ended up taking Hagen and putting Hagen through. What he was through, and what put him in the situation he is now.
1: That so seem, that seems to be news to both Bob and Socrates.
4: So whatever deal he wanted, whatever book Pete has, and whatever deal he wanted to set up, I say we can't trust it because he was involved with the attack on the Knights Defiance.
1: Uh, so Darshan speaks up at this point and goes, "What are you talking about? We have Pete's book in the library." Why don't we just go get the book?
2: <laughs>
4: Silence of <laughs> everyone.
1: No. We...
4: He wanted yeah. the no. book for some reason, so I think it's best not to touch it right now, but he was after Hagen after the attack. He took Hagen after the attack. Mm. And then Hagen was traded or sold to some other person. So whatever he's into, the Demi Lich is into, he-, he can't be trusted. And he must have a way to get to us in some way, especially where he, when, if he was part of the attack while we were in the magic bubble, Mm -hmm. then there might be someone on the inside. Otherwise, how else could they reach that far?
1: And so, Crates and Bob just kind of nod, they almost seem impressed all this care talking yeah that, that you've managed to uh, kind of <laughs> string all of this stuff together and around that time the librarian comes down the stairs that lead up to the library and uh he approaches the group and he says did i just hear someone speaking of pete's book
4: yes yeah i guess i raised my hand
1: <laughs> uh he says we don't have the book anymore it's gone and he shows you a book that is roughly the same size, roughly the same color. But when he opens it, it's just blank pages and weird doodles. What? This is not Pete's book.
2: What happened the book. Under protection. Yeah. <laughs> who had access to Pete's book?
1: I'm not sure. I don't know when the switch was made.
2: But, but so. who would have had access to the book? Where it like, was other than you, the librarian.
1: Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. It it was in one of the cages that uh, are under lock and key. So the switch must have happened before I put the book away. When was that? It was before all of this craziness happened. Like, Maybe like, it was
3: magically switched.
1: I remember your friend Elizabeth, and I remember your friend Haida, and I haven't seen either of them lately.
3: Bring me to the crime scene. <laughs> I'm
1: going
3: to investigate <laughs> With your brush.
1: With my... ...eyes. <laughs> okay. Okay, but, but, like, okay, like, out of game, you guys do remember what happened, right?
2: I do! Turned on the laugh so hard.
0: Okay, you good. Know.
1: Okay. I
0: don't remember, no.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Well, you wouldn't know. I don't remember. Care? Yeah, me and, t- me and Cynthia,
1: we don't remember. Care, this do you want to share with the group? <laughs> what? What's that?
2: Sorry, hang on.
0: <laughs> I'm going into my notes.
2: It's what in our is used bag of holding. It's an iPod. Uh, I, who, huh? I who stole it?
1: It was hate and Elizabeth nice that stole the book, yeah. <gasps> that's right.
0: <laughs> I do remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: And they put it in I your used bag book. of holding. So who has the bag of holding? I, I do. Does. Okay. All right. Oh, that was that book. Yes. Oh my yes,
2: god. So uh, I'm, this dawns on me.
1: I didn't. Did I realize that that was that book? Yes. You guys oh all knew. You guys were all sitting down to breakfast going into detail about exactly what you were eating, like describing mouthful by mouthful how you were having your breakfast. And Hay and Elizabeth walk oh. in the room with these shit eating grins on their faces and slide the book across the table to you guys. And you just kinda grabbed oh, yeah, it with the that. with the bag of holy and put ocean. it right in. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Then. <laughs> we're pretty into our into our food apparently. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I thought you guys were just playing it cool. Me too. I was like, but wait. I, I was like, you know, I know no, that I we've... Don't it. we. No, we forgot. All right. I was like, Can I we know. We just we've... talk about my lack of recall. We just <laughs> had this like, <laughs> conversation, guys. And you guys know my memory, okay? Come on. <laughs> the two of us are terrible. <laughs> you
1: no, know, I was I was sitting here and I was like, I know that we've gotten pretty good at like role playing stuff. So I was like, I can't tell if they are oh, legitimately like lost in this or if they don't remember the detail or if they're trying to play it very character specific. No, okay, okay, well, let's let's we pretend we're
0: let's pretend.
4: Let's go let's back. back. It's like we met the demulets <laughs> with the thing in the bag, didn't we?
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: you had it with you. Yes, we did. Oh my god. <laughs> that was a while ago.
0: That was a while
1: ago. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So the book, yes, it's missing from the library. I'm not sure when it happened. Uh, I was positive that when I put the book away, it was the right book. But nobody has been to the library to get the key to look at the book since the day I put it away.
0: We know nothing so, about it.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> so what prompted <laughs> so pom- me to look the book out?
1: Bob and Socrates actually uh, wanted to have a look at the book. Whose Uh-oh. book was it? It was Pete's Pete. book
4: book lead uh person of the Bros of Destiny-hmm and it was some sort of prophecy book yeah for Aaron's uh yes. knowledge uh, the right. book they're talking about is is a sort of
3: prophecy book oh okay I think yeah. I think no I don't know okay.
1: the librarian um seems to believe exactly what you're saying But we don't know, yeah he believes you.
3: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
1: Does everyone go up to the library to have a look at the cage? Yeah, I got to check out the crime scene. Yep, okay. All right, so you guys all...
4: (laughs) Yep, following. Me and my
1: train of thought say, oh, did you
2: show them the book that you've got about the Bros of Destiny? I couldn't hear you. What's that, Cynthia?
1: Or Xandra? It's the... Didn't the librarian go by that? No, he took the terrible truth about tieflings. I thought he
2: went out because we told him about the book of Bro- Destiny, the book about the Bros of Destiny. And oh, he went out right, and,
1: it. and he went out and bought it. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, just so added I it to the him, library. Did, did, you, did, you, did you show them about the book? Did you show them the book about the Bros of Destiny? I haven't shown them the book, but it is up in the library.
2: Yeah, it might be interesting for them to look over. Sure.
1: Okay, so you guys all head up to the library, and you go in, and the library is a little bit different than how you're used to seeing it. Uh, Some of the bookcases uh, are, you know, very much planted on the floor. A few others are kind of floating in the air a little bit and seem to be almost like reorganizing themselves, almost like the library was kind of torn apart, and the the bookshelves are starting to straighten out the collection. The ones that aren't floating (laughs) are the ones that have the cages in front of them that are locked and you can't get into and uh the Copra, the librarian takes you over to one of the cages and he uh says this is this is where the book was held or was supposed to be held
3: i want to do an Im- can i use my passive investigation i'm going <laughs> to get investigate you, i'm going to get you i'm going to get
1: you to roll for it
3: <laughs> damn it my, my beautiful 21 <laughs> <laughs> Uh alright, I'll do an active investigation. She's not allowed to use her gift, man.
1: <laughs> I took a feat for that. I know you did. I know that. I took I know a feat you did. for that.
3: Yeah. Twenty one.
1: Oh no, well there you go. Pretty good anyways, <laughs> huh?
3: I got a plus seven and I got a fourteen.
1: Yeah. Yay. So I got it, I got it anyway. It doesn't I'll mean... just
3: pretend I'll pretend like it was my passive investigation. <laughs>
1: <gasps> okay, so you have a very thorough look at everything. You look in, around the back of the bookcase, you look around the front of it, you inspect the hinges on the cage, you expect the, inspect the lock itself, and mm. it does not appear to have been forcefully opened. And I would like you to give me an Arcana check as well, please.
3: Oh yeah, I'll do that. 12... Seven, eight, nine, 19.
1: 19. It does not appear that there is any residual magic from the lock being magically picked.
3: Interesting. Hmm. I will share that with the party. Yep. Okay. Interesting. I tried. <laughs> Couldn't find anything. I could try to detect magic if something is magic magic. Sure. I kind of just wouldn't check. Uh, that might be a ritual. I hope it's a ritual because I don't want to use a spell slot.
1: I feel like it might be. And it might take 10 minutes.
3: It is a ritual.
1: Mm-hmm. Sweet.
3: So I'll cast as a ritual. Okay. While you guys do whatever. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so you can kind of catch up with Socrates and Bob. Um, maybe ask about the whereabouts of Pete. Uh, they tell you that uh, Pete, um, they've decided to leave him blissfully unaware of the happenings at the headquarters. But they have been um, very much following the events. They were not there when we were attacked. No, they weren't, but they've been following the events.
0: Where have you guys been this whole time? I'm asking them. Where have you been this whole time?
1: Oh, we've been with Pete. Pete has a very special island uh, that he goes to. Oh,
0: Mm -hmm. does it have mermaids?
1: It doesn't have mermaids, but it has a lot of seafood, and Bob is very much into his seafood, as you know. Sorry, not Bob. Pete is very much into his seafood, as you know.
0: Is there a place called the Shriveled Clam?
1: (laughs) Barnacle. <laughs> Shriveled <laughs> clam is something completely different. <laughs> Meg.
2: You just, regretting it right. uh,
1: okay, so no, it, it's it's a largely uninhabited island, basically. When you go there, you roughen it. Like, you dig a hole to poo in and cover it over. So why? Yeah. Um, it's, okay. it's where Pete feels most at peace, actually. They explain.
2: All right.
4: Mm-hmm. Cool. Will he be returning at some point?
1: Uh, we hope so. He seems a little bit despondent. They d- explain that they don't really know the details, but they do know that he and Darjen had a very big fight, and Pete is still kind of processing what that fight meant, and he's trying to decide what Pete's next move needs to be.
4: Be interested in a job. A job? I have a toad. I wasn't always a toad. <laughs> How is he at breaking curses and
0: the like?
1: Hang on. Let me open up his character sheet and I'll tell you.
0: <laughs> I have a toad. I just like that.
1: I have a toad. I have I this have toad. you do.
0: do <laughs> you do.
3: I have this yes. toad. I have a weasel. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. I have some
3: <laughs> shoes.
0: And here goes a bit more detail. Like, it was,
4: it was a... Shoes. He was a gnome originally, and he was... Cursed with magic. Hmm. So now he's a toad. So I don't know if he could be uncursed or just, you know, changed back to himself.
1: Uh, they actually explained that Pete might know the spell that's needed. Huh.
4: If you can relay it to him. Mm-hmm. But I would like his assistance, willing to pay. For sure. Or even a way to get in touch with them.
1: Yep. Okay. No problem. L finishes with her ritual, and uh, L, what you discover is that this entire place seems to be magically fueled. Uh, there so is, I'm
3: blind. Cool.
1: There is, there is, <laughs> there is kind of a large concentration of the magic here in the library, uh, but none of it seems to be magic that has been used for nefarious means.
3: Sure. Okay. I don't know, guys. If someone did take it, they are really good at... What can it be used for? Leaving no trace.
1: So crates, kind of gives you a bit of a bumbling answer that's not really much of an answer at all. Well, it's almost like he doesn't want to share that information with the group. Can anyone
4: other than Pete use it properly?
1: Pete needs it to write, but he doesn't understand what he's written.
4: Then can anyone understand it?
1: And Socrates says that he can understand it. That's why he's the lead singer of the band. That's really confusing and convoluted, but I've been trying to figure out how I can easily explain it and that's about as close <laughs> as I can get for now. <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> no worries. Socrates is the only one who can understand the book then.
1: Yes, he's the only one Thoroughly. who can interpret the book, yes. Interpret, yeah. Yep.
4: Is there a possibility that the demi will be able to? Or does he need you?
1: He admits he's not sure. He doesn't know.
4: You might want to get a guard of sorts.
1: Hmm. Upon hearing this, Darshan kind of looks at the librarian. The librarian looks at Darshan. The two of them share some kind of exchange. Darshan explains that it's probably time uh, to start getting ready for Hoggins' ceremony. Almost like she's almost like she's kind of finished having this conversation for now, but you're probably gonna have more of this conversation at a later time. She's just trying to dismiss it (laughs) to carry on.
2: So I slowly turn to
4: leave the library. Mm -hmm. care's thinking as he's walking. Gears
2: turning. Mm -hmm. Let's go, Meg. Take Meg by the arm. Thank you. Uh,
1: Okay, bye, guys. Mm. no i imagine you're probably going with them aren't you with the rest of the group yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah
4: oh yeah oh yeah at some point we should probably tell l what is exactly knights defines
1: yeah think, probably. Yes. this is a thing yeah. that's probably gonna happen y'all yeah
4: it's a cult
1: it's a, it's a cult <laughs>
4: Not about that a character, thing. but
3: <laughs> essentially. Yeah, no. You guys told you definitely told me, right? We both kind of about uh, the cult. I I no, like, K- well,
4: care definitely shouted it with uh, when he was whacking the one of the bad guys. I can't remember.
0: The
3: right. Second
0: who I was hitting. You should probably also get one of our sweet tattoos.
3: Yeah, you guys got tattoos. What's that about? Yeah. It itches.
2: Keep track of us with them. It's a good safety thing we get into situations that are not
3: very safe in the cult, in I, don't the cult. I, I don't know if i want that i don't know if i want that Mm-mm. people knowing where i am all the time
4: no thanks if you can avoid joining avoid it <laughs> they're good like they, they they treat us fairly well except for that one time where we were you know incarcerated for a while but... <laughs> It's but otherwise, you know, home they home. feed us, they house us, they give us money. They, hose us? <laughs> they ha- house us? Houses. They
3: house us? I'll be a freelance worker. Mm-hmm. I'll work with you guys, but not.
4: You might not have an option, so it's just a heads up before you get too deep. I'm trying to say this, like, on the low so the others don't hear the
3: Gargian. I feel and... like it's a conspiracy and I don't want to join it. <laughs>
1: It's funny. Twice. Meg, Meg felt largely the same way. Wise.
3: <laughs> yes. And
4: then I kind of look around, mm. getting all shady before the, the the ceremony.
3: When do I join? Do I have to? When is this? I don't know. I don't want to join.
4: We were kind of abducted, okay. and then, uh, well, we were. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And then given a job and sort of hired right after. There was good terms, though, so...
3: We'll see, yeah, what the terms are. I don't regret it
4: yet. Okay.
1: (laughs) I don't regret it yet. (laughs) Sorry. Ringing endorsement. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You guys go to your rooms, get ready for the ceremony. What what would your characters wear to a funeral? Black. Okay.
0: Obviously, like, just... (laughs)
1: Like, are you going to go, like, full-on... Designing women like no, sorry, that's the wrong reference. Dallas funeral with the big hat with the veil that comes down over your no. face.
3: I just want simple, I think we should super go simple.
1: Wild regalia to honor. I just want hey.
4: simple. Aaronix is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> nope. Assless chaps might not be Feywild. appropriate. No, for no. Funeral.
4: He is gonna wear his old um, Vanguard uniform from when he was working in the dwarven mines.
2: Oh wow, yeah.
4: So practically, he's uh, soldier esque, a little uh mismatched cuz older stuff just gets replaced with old other stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of like a uniform. Yep. And he's got his uh old helmet on with the old hard as I think it's a hard boiled leather helmet from like the 50s and it's got like the no lantern attachment thing on the front. <laughs>
2: that's what he's going to wear.
1: Awesome. Sandra?
2: Well, I was going to wear my Faye Wild costume but I won't. <laughs> I'll just um I've I've got a set of fine clothing so i'll just dress in all black not going all hat and crap like that just you know a hat okay i'll uh i'll fancy a little bow tie for my dragon to put on his neck okay so he you know dresses the part two
1: sure L, um, i'm pretty sure that how tall is your character again she's five foot seven and how tall is meg six feet so it could work right yeah i got traveler's clothes. Whatever you think your character is comfortable wearing, to be Could honest. You just
3: put a big, a black cloak on.
1: Sure. Okay. That just, works. To,
3: just cover everything up. Okay. That works. Easy so, for me to take off at the yeah, end. Yeah. Perfect.
1: Okay. So you guys are all ready and everyone is, you know, in their respected rooms. Al, who did you go with? Did you go with Meg to her room? Did you go with Xandra? Care? I
3: mean, I guess. I'll borrow... My- Something for me.
1: You don't have to borrow something. You just—I assume that you tagged along with somebody instead of standing awkwardly somewhere. Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys start to hear uh, almost like church bells. They're not quite toll bells, but uh, you know, bells that are clearly a sign of mourning, and you recognize that as your cue to start to head towards what we're going to call the chapel. I don't think that that's the right term, but I couldn't find another way to put it. Uh, short of calling it like a your spiritual place in the headquarters. I didn't think that sounded or carried enough gravitas to it. As you walk through the door, it's very different than what the rest of the headquarters looks like. The rest of the headquarters is that dark, roughly hewn stone that has very purposely been built and very utilitarian. When you step through... The threshold of this room, which none of you have ever been in before because you never had a cause to before. Everything inside this room is gleaming white and it's so bright. There are, you know, different color orbs that hang in the ceiling. They kind of travel around the room. So there is a little bit of color as it bounces off of the white walls and the white pillars of which there are 12 that go around the room. And you kind of get, somebody give me a religion check.
2: Religion? Mm-hmm.
1: I can try. I have, I have 20. Money or oh you don't want mine 3. 3. Okay. Xandra, you rolled a 20, right? Yep,
2: 19 plus
1: 1. Okay. Xandra, what you recognize is that each of these pillars seem to be representative of a number of different forms of the same type of god or spirit. It, they're people who are looking after the dead, who um you know, take care of the afterlife. There are different gods that represent these things that are on each of these pillars that go around the room. It is a circular room. In the middle, you do see a pyre that has been built, and you do see a body form laid out on top of the pillar. It is covered in um, different kinds of flowers, and you do notice different little animal figurines that are throughout uh, this pyre. And standing in the center of the room, you see Socrates and you see Smegbrum, and you do see Boski, who you haven't seen in quite a while, are standing, you know, kind of opposite to you guys as you come in, um, into the room. And as you come in, Atlee, um, Janet, who you played chess against all that time ago, uh, she begins to sing. And as she sings, you're, uh, Your emotions are finally soothed. You're finally feeling a little bit of calm after what has clearly for you been a very unsettling couple of days. Uh, You were faced with the tormentor of your village. You were faced with the death of Hagen, who you cared very deeply about. And you are kind of trying to process all of those things. And the fact that you have now kind of vanquished your village. Maybe you're feeling relieved. Maybe you're feeling a little bit sad, unsure of what to do next. Now that that kind of purpose to your, I don't want to say purpose to your life, but purpose to your day, I suppose, um, is now off your plate. You're processing a lot of those things. For the rest of you, you're both there to honor Hagen, but you're also there in support of Meg. At this point, you're friendship has become quite deep and you know through all of these adventures that you have had and through the Canticle Bay debacle you guys have really learned what it means to take care of each other and to really kind of be there for each other and at this point you really are able to read each other very well
3: I'm just going to sort of politely follow Mm -hmm. everybody
1: Yep.
2: yeah I'm staying by Meg's side okay like I, I kind of send the image to my dragon to go to her neck. So, mm-hmm. oh, I love it. And... I pat his Thank neck. You. I'm doing okay. I think
0: I, uh, I think eating the uh, the bunny cake really helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, just like being around everybody, like it feels comforting. But I'm also in the back of my head thinking, oh my god, um, that book. That was taken, mm-hmm. they're going to find out. The librarian's going to find out that that book... So I have, like, two things going on. My grief and sure. the, the the book thing. Mm-hmm.
1: And the paranoia. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So I'm like,
0: oh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and how's care doing? What's care up to? What's he thinking?
0: He's very...
4: Not his usual stoic self, but, like, he's very... I want to say military. He's reverted to before he was on the surface and for, kind of like doing his own thing to honor the hagen who died by being a uh, cuz he to to care he was like a soldier like a fellow comrade so he's trying to honor him that way
1: sure as the service begins uh darshan steps to the center of the room and she begins to welcome everyone again to another ceremony to honor a member of Knights Defiance who had been with them from the early days. You know, if you had an animal anywhere near Knights Defiance, you knew Hagen. Hagen uh, and his devotion to his job with Knights Defiance was never questioned, was never in doubt. And she says that she's happy to see uh, the turnout for today to help honor one of the inner circle members of Knight's Defiance. And she hands things over to Bosky. Okay, so he comes to the center of the room and he begins to talk about Hagen and um, talks about, again, his devotion to the animals for Knight's Defiance. And he talks about uh, the friendship that the two of them had established. And he talks about the parts of Hagen um, that he is going to miss the most. And he, again, thanks everyone for coming to the ceremony and hands things off to uh, Smegbrum. So, Smegbrum, Xandra, had very much the same thought that you had <laughs> when coming to this ceremony today. And <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> Smegbrum, Smegbrum um, asks for a little bit of forgiveness for his dress. Uh, he is again in those silver LeMay booty shorts. With the suspenders that are the smiley face alternating unicorn head suspenders. Um, he again has the knee high fluorescent pink fuzzy boots on. And he is wearing that giant headpiece with all of the different kinds of furs and the beading that was woven through all of those furs um, that kind of give that twinkling effect that you guys remember from your time in the Feywild. And he begins to speak of the time when you guys all went to the Wild and how um, Hagen had spent so much time trying to earn that invitation from Pete and the bros of destiny to be able to go to the Feywild festival and take in uh, their show. He saw it very much as the final piece that he needed to truly feel accepted at Night's Defiance. And when that opportunity finally came, um, Smegbrum notes that it was very important to Pete that the message be delivered through Meg. And it was Meg who had the privilege to tell Hagen that it was time. And they, you know, kind of reminisce a little bit more about the time in the Feywild and um, he talks a little bit about, uh, again, his kindness and devotion to animals. It seems to be a very strong theme um, with Hagen. Ah. And as the ceremony ends, uh, the, the pyre now. is lit and a you know circle kind of moves to the side in the roof the so the smoke now. can billow up and out through the ceiling. And you see the four plus Darjan uh, head towards a door that's kind of across from where you guys have all been seated. And you end up outside. Everybody gets up to follow. And mm-hmm. um, everyone is carrying... Different things. Some people have a small carving of an animal. Other people seem to be carrying bits of clothing. And some of it, especially Meg, uh, you recognize. And these are all bits and pieces of things of Hagen's. And they walk to a river's edge. And uh, Darjan speaks more words about Hagen and his importance and how much he will be missed, about how his memory will be cherished for a long time to come and how he was such an integral part of the history of Knight's defiance. And as she uh, finishes these words, she puts a small, it almost looks like a dove figurine and she sets it in the water of the river and it starts to float down the stream. This is your opportunity to say goodbye to Hagen. You can speak. You don't have to, Um, and people um, are handing out little wood carvings to people who maybe didn't have a piece of clothing of Hagen's or, you know, some other kind of memento or token from Hagen. Um, So you can say that you've had something of his for a while or you can take one of these little carvings and I will let you tell me which animal it is and you can say something about Hagen or not. Simply lay it in the river and you can leave. It's entirely up to you.
0: I'd like one of the little animal carvings. Okay. To lay in the river.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Which animal is it going to be?
0: A horse sure. that looks like terror.
1: Mm-hmm. Meg, as you grab the little figurine of the horse and you set it into the water, you feel like a, a pull or a call to go to the stable. Okay. So.
0: So I go there. Can I go there?
1: Sure, if you want. Okay. Are you gonna wait I'm for? i not... I was just gonna say, are you gonna wait for everybody, or do you want to just do your thing and take off? Or <laughs> like, really, no, I'm, it's entirely I'll, I'll wait up to you. for everybody. Okay, if it's I'm not fall. done yet, I'm wait. Okay,
2: you're not going by yourself anyway.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay, good. Thank you. Okay, so um, care.
2: Care's stand and watch.
1: Okay.
4: Observing everyone doing their thing and just uh, what's the term? Oh, I can't remember the name. I can't remember, there's a term for it, but I can't remember. But yeah, but he's essentially just standing watch,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, observing everything. Okay. And when the last few people leave, he'll leave.
1: Okay. Xandra, uh, did you want to put a figurine in the water? Or are you going to stand watch with care? Entirely up to you?
2: I'm just staying beside Meg the whole time.
1: Okay. All right. And, Elle, this is probably all very awkward to you, huh?
3: Yeah, she's just like,
1: "Uh, all right.
3: (laughs) Let this happen. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you guys head to the stable. And, uh, Meg, especially for you when you walk into the stable, uh, this is probably where you feel the loss of Hagen the deepest. And uh, you come around – one of those familiar corners and you see terror in his stall and as you walk towards terror he kind of turns around and he puts his head out through the the window and he greets you and kind of nuzzles into you a little bit and you feel a very strong connection to this horse now okay You actually hear him speak. (gasps) (laughs) Okay. Um, You can now add terror to your character sheets. I'm not sure where you're going to put it, um, but you now have terror as a familiar.
0: Oh my god! I'm so so excited. Okay, under extras, where can I I add him? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Extras add extra. um... Yeah, familiar. There, there we, we go. Horse.
1: horse, 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 horse. So I'm not. Wow, I'm not. Yeah, many I'm, horses here. Yeah, Blast horse.
0: So, Giant seahorse. Riding horse.
1: So <laughs> I would probably you're keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably just use the riding horse stat block. So that should give you like a multi attack with the horse and stuff.
3: Oh, I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. Um, something else, uh, that we're going to add, I'm not sure where we're going to add it to on your sheet, but it's going to give you plus three to animal handling ability checks. And it's also going to add plus three to perception when animals and terror are both present. So it's like all the animals will be able to talk to you to help you see things.
0: Cool. So I have animal handling, I have plus three, so I add plus three more to that.
1: Uh, Yes. So, you'll have a plus six on that stat. Yeah, you have expertise yeah. in
3: animal handling.
1: Yeah. So, he just says, he says to you, he says, Miss Dad. Oh, what? The horse. What is he called? The horse. He says, Miss Dad. Miss Dad. Miss Dad. Where's Dad?
0: Oh, mi- Oh, I get it. I thought he was calling me like Miss, Mrs. Miss.
1: No. He oh, says, he- oh. Miss Dad. Where's Dad?
0: I'm so sorry, Terror. I, I'm your dad now.
1: <laughs> I'm your dad.
3: I'm your dad. I'm your daddy.
0: <laughs> um, no, I give him a cuddle. Yeah. I, does is there a brush nearby? Sure there is. Yeah. Them. I
1: mean, he has that long, luxurious mane. So yeah, there would definitely be a brush.
0: I'm like, and then I just I start crying and I I cuddle him and I'm like, I'm so sorry, Terror. Your dad. He loved you very much, but he's no longer on this, on this earth. But I'm here to take care of you.
1: (laughs) You're my daddy now? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: And he nuzzles into you and he says, okay.
0: Okay. Okay. (laughs) I love you. And I'm like, Lily, pony, pony.
1: (laughs) He like nibbles on your hair the way that horses do.
0: With his big fleshy lips.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Do I have like a? Can I give him a sugar cube? Do I sure have a carrot can. or sugar
1: cube? Sure, uh, we'll just say that you do. Okay. Yeah. Nom nom nom. Nom nom nom. And he yeah. says, "Thank you, thank you." He says, "Oh my god,
0: a talking horse! This yeah. is like my my dream."
1: Only you can hear him, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. So does it? Does
0: everybody else know that he's talking? Or no? They, they just like, have no what idea. What the hell are you yeah. doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is just very confused. <laughs> Who are you
0: talking to, woman?
1: You're like, I'm your daddy now, and everybody's like, what?
2: <laughs>
0: I'm your <her> daddy now.
2: <laughs> Thing is, I communicate with my dragon, so I'm. I. You know, it's not going to be that weird for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, but is your dragon still or... on me? He might be. <laughs> Did he come off when the dragon? Now, can my dragon and the horse communicate? Can
1: they be best friends? I don't know. We'll have to see what happens as the connection with Meg grows stronger. So, you guys manage to drag Meg out of the stalls, out of the the, uh, stables. And you get her back up to her room. And it is getting kind of late into the evening. The shadows are all very long. And uh, you do hear... Uh, not so much merriment, but people have gathered and there is kind of jovial music and, and people seem to be, uh, you know, saying goodbye to more people than just Hagen at this moment. People are uh, kind of reflecting on what has happened at the headquarters and, and how things have gone down. You do see uh, Boski and Smegbrum, Socrates and Bob kind of huddled together in the corner of one of the common rooms. Uh, you do see Jar Darjean speaking with the Aarakocra library librarian, um, you know, also in the same room. There seems to be a lot of um, what you've come to recognize as very important people all kind of gathered together in this room with everyone else this evening.
2: It's a nice ceremony. Mm-hmm. It, was an, it was a nice service for Hagen, yeah. I didn't make
1: a drink. And I drink it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> do you still have the ring of imbibing on? Uh, I, I guess i back from her.
0: Yeah, I guess I do.
1: Yeah. Do you keep it on or do you take it off?
0: Nope, take it off. I want to feel the drinks, so I take it off and I give it to Zandra. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I grab another. Is there? Are there just drinks laying around? Yeah,
1: there's just drinks. Yep. Drinks.
0: Okay. Right.
1: Now, the thing is, Meg, <laughs> the ring of imbibing has uh, allowed you to forget how much of a lightweight you are when it comes to consuming alcohol. <laughs> can you give me a constitution saving throw, please? Sure can. All right.
0: Oh, 18.
1: 18. You get through your first two glasses and you're good. You're okay so far.
0: Well, I had that, I had that like bunny cake.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess you're not completely on an empty stomach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've learned. I've learned. Yeah. You get through your first couple of drinks. No problem. Uh, You know, you're kind of chatting with everyone.
2: I'm having a drink. Mm -hmm. I put the ring of imbibing in my belt.
1: Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, so crates comes flying over Bob, not far behind. And uh, he kind of lands on the table that you guys are standing beside, and he asks who your new friend is.
3: This is L. Hello, yes.
1: Now- uh, Very
3: respectfully.
1: Socrates is a flying, talking raven who is currently mm. wearing a leather cap with a single metal spike on the top of it, which, by the cool. way, was made for him by Smegbrum. Excellent. <laughs> Just so you know. He uh, just kind of comes over and he says, so really glad you guys have managed to keep the book safe. That's really great.
4: I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, what are you talking about?
1: I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you forget who I am?
0: What's his name? Socrates. Uh, I don't forget Socrates, I don't forget you. I know you. So this book, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like,
1: this is this like the right drink place Canada. to talk about this? Socrates just says, look, nobody is really paying attention tonight. Everybody is pretty involved in themselves. So I I
2: look him dead in the eye and Xandra looks him dead in the eye and says, I did not take any book. No, you didn't
1: personally take any books at all.
0: I also did not take this book.
1: I also know that you did not take any books. I do, however, know that it is on your person and he looks at Xandra. I have no idea what you're talking about. And he just kind of nods, gives you a wink, and rolls so in sight. my. <laughs> oh, he knows you have the book. <laughs> 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 oh, he knows. He's very aware.
4: Yeah. was mm-hmm. well, just, we like, were...
0: sourcing this, tossing this out.
4: Yeah. We were hoping to return it to, like, if we had it. We were hoping to return it to Pete. That was kind of my pretext with the toad earlier. Mm-hmm. At least to reach out to him.
1: Yeah. Um he says that he'd be happy to get a message to Pete. Pete he says has very purposely been kind of left in the dark of the current situation uh and everything that's been happening with the headquarters and Darshan. And for good reason. Um but I just want you to know that Bob and I both tend to keep tabs on what all of you are up to. He goes you guys do all know what brought you here, right? How you got, to to, the how place you, how the you, place. how you were recruited in tonight's defiance, right? I
4: uh, know we were kidnapped. Based on that's all I know. Our starting, I guess, our, we had a. Some of us had a. No clue. <laughs> backgrounds.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he says that. Um, this is going to be new information for everybody. So, Aaron, you're not going to be out of the loop on this one. Um, but he says that Darjean had been, you know, really enjoying her time, getting the opportunity to choose who became part of Knight's Defiance. And it didn't matter who she picked or how she picked them. They weren't the right people for the job. Pete begged her for an opportunity to pick a group to put together to be able to handle any situation that comes at them. And you guys are that group. You guys were hand-selected by Pete to join Knight's Defiance and be part of the mission. Huh.
0: So he must know we're awesome.
1: (laughs) Well.
4: (laughs) Then Canticle Bay happened. Then
1: Canticle Bay (laughs) happened, uh, which was part of... um, something that Pete couldn't see. So it was not written down in his book. So it kind of threw us all for a bit of a surprise. And the defense of this group and their importance to Knight's Defiance is a source of a lot of the arguments between Pete and Um uh, Pete very much believes in you guys, and Darjean doesn't think that Pete did a much better job picking a group than she had managed to do over the past number of years. Um, So Pete has decided to take a step back and we have decided to keep Pete out of the loop of what's been happening very much on purpose to see if you guys would straighten things out. And he says, the fact that you guys were able to find Ginny in that temple of Dumatoan and the fact that you were able to defeat Meg, the source of your torment for a number of years, indicates to us that you are learning, you are getting stronger, you are getting better. This is the information that we will take to Pete. So he'll Xander's... feel better
2: about his decisions. Yes. Hmm. Xandra says, if we were to come into possession of this book, deny everything, what do you propose we do with it?
1: Keep it safe. There are a lot of people who are very interested in the things that Pete was writing in the book and the things that even the Bros of Destiny, uh, what our songs are about.
2: Did they show you the book about the Bros of Destiny?
1: Yes, I did see that. It's a bit like a tour book. Very entertaining
2: read. Yeah. Care looks picturing at it's like the dirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, right?
0: <laughs> Amazing at... book, by yeah. the way. Um, Carol looks at Steel Crates
4: and asks, uh, how much of the book do you remember?
1: Of... Pete's book or the yeah. band book
4: the Pete's book
1: Pete's book uh he says that he does remember um you know large parts of it why do you ask
4: if you're like and you can see care's gears turning <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're that familiar with Pete in the book and you're synonymous with the that you might want to look into uh I'll state again that you should get a guard protection of some sort because if they're unable to find this book, if it's out there somewhere, um, they might come after you next, as the next is the next best thing that's available.
1: He seems thoughtful in this information. He's interested hearing what you say, and it's around this time that Darshan comes over and asks Socrates and Bob to follow her. She has a bit of a. Uh, conversation that she needs to have with the two of them. Smegbroom and Bosky uh, come over to join your group. And, you know, you guys have a lively conversation. Meg has a few too many drinks. Meg, can you give me another con saving throw, please? Sure can. Six. Six? Okay, yeah. You get about four <laughs> drinks in, and you're pretty sauced at this point. Um, you start, uh, you know, you start showing everybody your new hoof covers the flashy silver, not a lot of people in the headquarters mm-hmm. had seen them yet. And, and everybody is kind of into it on the table. Yeah. You, you get a couple of messages from terror who's down in the stable and he's like, girl, slow down.
0: <laughs> oh, I like that. He can, he's, he's a good boy. Long distance. Yeah.
1: Right. right? Always, always with you. And, uh, L Boski and Smegbrom, um, start talking to you quite a bit and they're trying to gauge your interest in a place like uh, Knight's Defiance. They talk a lot about how they need people who are good at uh, research, who have, you know, large amounts of brain power, who are very smart, very observant. And uh, if you ever feel like you want to join, the invitation is open to you.
3: Yeah, I'll think about it.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure.
3: She's
1: not going
3: (laughs) to talk. She's not going to talk. Shit right in front of them. <laughs> yeah, no, of
1: course, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, Smegrum kind of uh, elbows Bozki in the ribs and says, we know that Meg had a really big problem when she first joined.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I got to think about it. Sure, sure, sure.
1: You get these really cool tattoos and they kind of like one uh, run uh, thumbs across it and he kind of speaks into it a little bit and you hear it kind of echo through everybody else's tattoos in the room. And then we're like,
2: yes. eh, yeah, it's so really
0: yeah.
1: Everyone starts scratching it. <laughs> yeah, to so the
2: back of my my yeah. of my ear.
1: Yeah, right. I take out my avino. <laughs> take out my avino. Amazing. Uh, and guys, that's uh where we're gonna call it for this week. Yeah, that's where we're going to call it for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed some of the music that was featured in this week's episode, I want to tell you uh, one of the vocal stylings in particular, uh, the part where everybody goes down to the river and you hear the song about the the wind blows. Um It was found on freesound.org. It is being used under the Creative Commons Zero license, but uh, it's wonderful. And the girls were even asking me who did the music when I was playing them uh, the bits of music that we would be using specifically for this episode. So we want to give a shout out to Katrina Rose. There is a link to her SoundCloud if you want to get some more of her stuff Or just listen, maybe help you go to sleep um, because her voice is like a soothing bomb to the soul. So uh, you'll be able to check out the episode description and we'll make sure that that information is there for you to uh, head over to her SoundCloud. So until next week, guys, uh, be safe, always drink responsibly, always carry that D20. Make sure you're following us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, Please tell a couple of your friends about Wizards & Wine so they can tell a couple of their friends about Wizards and & Wine. And uh, maybe if you have some time, drop us that five-star review. I know everybody asks for it and it's like, ugh, but it really does um, change things. And it really does have the potential to get us in front of some new ears. So we appreciate every single week that you come to spend with us. We appreciate every single time you turn on Wizards & Wine to help you get through your workday day or your Saturday chores, whatever the case is. uh, We really do appreciate it. So thank you so much, and we're going to leave the rest to Bouldermort.
3: Will our inveterate inebriates manage to stagger to a victory over the adversity that hampers their imbibing? Or will their hangovers hamper their hearty adventures? Will they ever garner enough coin to clear their bar tab? Tune in next week for more antics of Vim and Vino. Don't miss out on war. Wizards and wine.